Ladies and gentlemen, if you're a fan of the Smug Film Podcast, do yourself a favor and head on over to patreon.com slash smugfilm. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash smugfilm, where we've got a bunch of great rewards for you if you donate to the show. Just $1 a month gets you access to a library of over 20 bonus mini-episodes of the Smug Film Podcast. These mini-episodes will never be on iTunes or anywhere else. The only way to get them is by donating through Patreon. And that's not all. You also get streaming copies of my two feature films, Shredder and Rehearsals. All that for just a dollar a month. If you donate $5 a month, you get all that. Plus, we'll do a plug of whatever you want on one episode a month. Your Twitter handle, your website, your whatever. If you donate $10 a month, we'll plug whatever you want on every single episode of the show. It's an incredible deal. They're all incredible deals. So once again, that's patreon.com slash smugfilm, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash smugfilm. Head on over there today and enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Smug Film Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Clark. With me today is Greg DeLiso in person. Hello, I'm here in person. And Peter Litvin in person. I'm also here. Wow, look, look how good Greg sounds. Last, last time I talked to him, he was on the old Skype. Now he sounds so much better. Was I? Yeah, you were. we were doing a little Skype. Yeah, yeah, okay, I remember that now. Look, people are hearing your actual voice in an actual room. That I am in. Is that good? I, yeah, I hate my how my voice sounds when I hear it. Nah, people love this stuff. People come for the production values. They stay for the movie talk. Great. And uh, Peter Litvin, first time guest, and this is uh, this is the man who plays Hectic Knife. If you're if you're listening and you're already a fan of Hectic Knife because you've heard the uh, countless times that we've talked about Hectic Knife on this show. And you checked out the trailer, maybe. I think that's all you can see of it right now. Is that true? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so you saw that trailer, you're sitting at home, and you enjoyed it, so you consider yourself a Hectic Knife fan. This is Hectic Knife. I'm pleased to be here. It's good to be had, and uh, that's uh, everything you said is true. I played Hectic Knife in the movie and did the other shit as well. Can we swear? We can, we can absolutely swear. Okay. Yeah. So you guys are in town because we, we're going to a screening tonight, which is the, the very first Hectic Knife screening, and where is that at? You want me to take this? It's at Our Wicked Lady on Morgan Street. Okay. The screening is at 8 p.m. and it's right by Morgan and Meserol. If you're listening right now, you've already missed the screening. I mean, you can still go to the address. You know, you can treat it as like a historical like tour. Yeah. You can be like, this is the place where Hectic Knife played a couple days ago, maybe. Well, if you really want, I'll meet you there too in costume. Yeah. With fake blood on. You can maybe you could show it to them on your like phone or something. You got Hectic Knife, the movie on your phone. You could, uh, Show them it. You could stand outside the... Uh, this is my phone. I don't think Pete can do anything on yeah, his phone. Yeah, he just held <laughs> up a flip phone, folks. So I want to talk to you guys about Hectic Knife. I want to pick Pete's brain first because, uh, you know, I've picked Greg's brain on occasion about Hectic Knife. I've, I've, heard, I've heard a lot of stories from uh, Greg's perspective. Yep. I haven't heard really the Pete origin story for a hectic knife i'm sure it differs slightly i'm sure we got like a little rashomon thing going on mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the way that greg tells it you know you wanted to uh 
fight somebody in your apartment? How, how would how would you tell the story? Sure. We were making a bunch of short films and I was buying all these stupid props. And uh, I thought the next thing we could do is just a short film of me pretending to knife fight with the kid in the building. Uh, and we never got around to doing that, but we did get me on the rooftop with the blonde wig and the present, you know, the entire hectic knife costume and the actual hectic knife knives uh, on the rooftop. And he just filmed all this footage of me acting really stupid and doing like fake, you know, karate knife training action kind of stuff. And along with that, we shot an entire, there's a thing that exists that's called, that was Hectic oh, Knife yeah. 1. I always it's forget a, that. There's a short film it's of Hectic so Knife and it's, the character is basically already there, but it's just one fight that basically, you see him train, he crushes his hand a lot. Is it the, it's the rapper that you fight, right? Your client. Yeah, body. Now, did we make two of those or just one? Or just one. I always forget that. Okay, yeah. But so, that's it. We, that's we did so that weird. and we both liked it. I mean, we would just sit there on his computer when he finally pressed play and showed me the black and white thing of me on the rooftop. We just couldn't stop laughing and Greg saying, it looks so stupid. It looks so stupid. And then uh, we were like, all right, let's write a web series because that could be a thing. This could be fun and funny and perhaps it would appeal to someone. And so we wrote it as a web series. We didn't write the entire thing. We had a lot of it. And then be, I think probably the very first day of shooting, which was the India stuff. No, no, no. I'm sorry, no. the criminals under the bridge yeah, fight. Yeah. Uh, the vet, that very first day, we were like, let's. I think I'm sure Greg suggested after that, yeah, let's after make that, it a movie shoot. instead. Nice. Yeah, because the second we were, yeah, the 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 first shoot that we ever did that was like an actual shoot with actors was the scene that you see with uh, Harry playing chess under the bridge, the hip hop like thugs. I call yeah, them. around like a hundredth Street in in Bay Ridge. Um, but yes, Pete's right. There was a short film that spawned the whole thing that does exist still somewhere. It's like It'll be on thing. the Blu-ray probably. Yeah. And, um, there's one shot from that, that make, made it in the movie. It's just him and the roof and the knives in the opening montage where he's, mm. he's like doing the voiceover and he says he's training or something. But we'll see the uh, full original yeah. on, the, uh, yes. on the eventual Blu-ray. I love that you're doing the Blu-ray <laughs> because even though your film is, you know, standard def, it mm -hmm. just means that you can pack way more stuff on that disc than if you if you're doing a dvd or whatever sure. allow me to interject uh we're not doing a blu-ray for any of the correct reasons trauma is going to do a blu-ray ah uh, yes so that's what's going to happen um, yes. now we want to and we will make a dvd and a vhs yeah mm -hmm. ask them if they have any interest in helping out with oh that. i would love a vhs yeah that's going to happen that's going to be very limited but you'll get one but dvd for sure the only thing is like any company who's in the business of selling their media, that's like what you wouldn't want to buy a bunch of VHS or cassette tapes. I think they probably don't want to spend sink money into DVDs, but we'll find yeah. out soon. Yeah. Well, yeah. occasionally there's been uh, some great like VHS versions of certain films. Like there was a House of the Devil VHS that they did. Hmm. I don't know if you guys are aware yeah, of that. That was a big one. That, yeah, that yeah. was like, and it was like a nice big clamshell. And it, it looked really good. I, I, I have it somewhere in here. That's what yeah. made me, when you, you showed, I mean- you showed me that that clamshell case, Cody, I don't know, whenever it came out five years ago. That's what made me think like, oh, yeah, we definitely if this is going to be a retro thing, that's cool. We should definitely do a VHS of Hectic because it fits like perfectly. Absolutely. So, yeah. So we touched on trauma just mm -hmm. now. And uh, let's get into that because that's a really exciting part of this. Because when I when I saw the, the cut that you sent me like way initially, my initial reaction was like, man, the, the, in like a perfect world, this would be like a trauma movie. This would be released by trauma. And we are living in that perfect universe, folks. That has occurred. And it wasn't just you, dude. Everybody said yeah, that it, across it, the board. It just feels so much like that that's like the home of it. Like even, even if like trauma never released it or whatever, 
people would be calling it a trauma movie in reviews, I'm sure, until the cows came home. Like it just has that that distinctly like toxic Avenger-esque vibe. And there's, I mean, there's tons of other vibes in Hectic Knife too. There's a little David Wayne kind of stuff, et cetera. But man, it really, I mean, that's a, you guys made essentially a trauma film and now trauma's putting out, it's the greatest thing in the world. It's amazing. It is. Yeah, it is, man. It's crazy. It's a dream come true. It really is really weird. Um, Pete, talk, you talk about that more because you were a fan of trauma way before I was. Yeah. I mean, I used to, uh, on a Saturday afternoon, cause I still had a couple day jobs at the time. I wasn't doing music full time. I would get Thai food. Uh, and I get Thai food like outrageously hot, so hot. You can't even stand your reality any longer. Mm. And I would just eat it and watch like three troll movies in a row. And then I would eat all the Thai food and then I'd have to shit like burning terrible shit the next day. Not everybody gets that, but I got it. But. How old were you when you did that? Uh, that was around age 17, I think, 17, 18. But I've been, uh, I've watched trauma movies for a very long time. Although I have to say, I had heard of Trauma and the Toxic Avenger. I have no memory whatsoever that of uh, who first introduced me to it in person or actually hmm. gave me a DVD or what That's happened. weird. Just because I remember in high school, you talking to me about it because I was like the movie guy. And you always like asked me like, hey man, you know about trauma and this? And but Yeah, yeah big weird. fan for a long time. I will say I've lost touch in the last 31, last like eight years. What's some of your favorite uh, trauma titles? What, what are the ones that Originals stick out? Originals or just any? Yeah, just uh, any any trauma ones that okay. really. I really like love. blondes have more guns. Ah, I never heard of that one, dude. It's the it says on the cover like a punch the a punchline joke every three seconds. It's just continual gags like airplane style. Mm. Uh, I like Tales from the Crapper a lot. I actually want to learn what the story is behind it. Uh, Toxic Avenger one and four. No thanks on two and three and. Uh, Tromeo and Juliet, Kabuki Man's okay. I'm not really too much into Kabuki Man. I used to like it a lot, though. Mm-hmm. It's I just like such some... a great title, Sergeant Kabuki Man, yeah. NYPD. I mean, that's just, it's that's up there in the pantheon of great film titles, I think. Right. Actually, just, you hear that and you want to see it. Actually, shout out, uh, I should make, Sergeant Kabuki Man is going to be at Troma Dance this weekend. Oh, wow. Because Factor Knife opens the that festival um today and then the festival is the next two days after that and um i mean i guess i shouldn't say we open the festival yeah, those We're, are two different festivals well, we play, this is a druid underground film festival that's a trauma dance film that's festival. true yes we play in something called the druid underground film festival but the pro as far what i understand it's a fundraiser for trauma dance nice uh, but anyway tr- at kabuki man will be at trauma dance this year hanging out and talking to people and stuff Cool. And, and will Hectic Knife be anywhere talking to people? He's definitely going to be there regardless. I mean, Sunday he'll be there for the entire festival. And if I don't know if there's an after party Saturday, he will only be at the after party because I'm shooting a thing for my music video. Otherwise, I would absolutely unequivocally be there for the whole thing. Wonderful. So let's talk about uh, what you just shot with Troma recently, because you guys were you guys were at Troma yesterday shooting a little promo for uh, Hectic Knife that you guys wrote. And you got to meet Lloyd and you got to hang around Troma Studio. Well, not studios, but the the offices. And what was that like? Well, it's this was my first time uh, meeting Lloyd and going to Troma. Pete had been there before, I think, um, just doing some business there or whatever. But um, the the office is exactly like what you'd expect, basically. The only thing that they don't have is like a bucket that's like capturing dripping water like from the ceiling. It's like... It's just a total mess. It looks like total chaos, but it's like fun chaos because everything is like silly and crazy and just, you know, like you look at Lloyd's desk and it's just like you can't even get to the seat because it's just surrounded with like old 
trauma merchandise. And yeah, that's how I'd want it to be. Stuff. Just insanity. Just like no order to anything. But the fun, the crazy thing is like stuff actually gets done. It's like you walk in the back and there's like four or five people like scurrying around doing stuff at computers and doing things. And it's like they actually stuff business gets done, but it just it looks crazy. Like it, I always picture like you remember in The Simpsons when they go to New York and Bart visits the Mad Magazine office yeah, yeah. and it's like nothing's there, but then he like walks away and he's all sad, but then a door opens and it's like all crazy inside. It's like just like that. Um, it's totally just like nuts and bonkers. Then you go downstairs and um, it's just filled with uh, all their old like DVD stock of like movies, just a whole giant thing of them, a wall of them. And then they have all the submission stuff. I was looking around, I was trying to find the original um cannibal submission tape because mm. i know it's down there because actually there's a great documentary that also was just released by trauma um by a buddy of mine named tom seymour uh called vhs massacre where they interviewed lloyd and all this stuff but they did a shot where they like pull out the old uh cannibal like submission tape and stuff but um yeah it's crazy it just i mean it's like a it's like a weird museum of like you know b movie and weird stuff and then you know there's also like a rocky poster on the wall and at first it like doesn't fit in with everything because all the other titles, all the other posters are like crazy, you know, weird uh, trauma B-movie stuff. And then you see Rocky, but then you remember like, oh, yeah, Lloyd like worked on that. Right. Like, it's, yeah. it's weird. Like you start remembering all this, this crazy, like real stuff that he did back in the 70s. And it's, um yeah, there's a real history to it. And it's just, it's crazy. It's a lot of fun. The best thing for me about meeting Lloyd, um, and the only thing I can compare it to is uh when I met Tommy Wiseau like years ago. Um, because uh if you guys don't know so Tommy Wiseau is the guy that made the movie The Room, you know, and he's like this weird cult movie character guy. If if you're a smug film listener, yeah. you don't know who he is by now. You he we don't need you as a listener. Yeah, we, we've talked about him a million times on yeah. the show. And everybody in movie world already knows who he is anyway and stuff. But anyway, so when I got to meet Tommy Wiseau, like he's out of his mind like he's a great guy he's a sweet guy he's really cool and stuff but like he's not normal like you know you meet him and he's just he's in the weird character like all the time like yeah he's not really fully in reality and he's just like a strange guy i've never met him in person but he was on the show he was right. on smug film podcast right right and wait tommy was always yeah he was uh oh, yeah, yeah yeah he called in right i forgot okay yeah yeah, yeah of course he yelled um, at me and he called me uh mr cody yeah he's nuts dude yeah so that's the thing though is like and that's also you know the reason why he'll only go so far and only probably make like the the room will be his like one big thing and etc it's like he's he doesn't ha he doesn't live in reality enough and he does he's sort of wanted the room to be one thing and it made right. it became something else but with lloyd the great thing about Lloyd is like I was expecting a little bit more of the Tommy Wiseau vibe where it's like he's kind of on all the time and like kind of kooky and crazy mm -hmm. and like all nuts. And he's totally not like that. Like he's he's very down to earth, very accessible, very cool person, seems like very in touch. And also he can very quickly snap back and forth between you know, being in character like everybody expects where he's all nuts and then being normal because it's like we would do a take. And obviously he's acting in a scene, but, you know, he's just going all crazy and doing stuff and making jokes and doing it in between takes. But then if you ask him like a real question or just talk to him or engage him about something, he's like really sharp and he knows about it. Like we were talking about how the trauma released like 10 years ago, um, Brian De Palma's like early movie, The Wedding Party. Right. I yeah. noticed they had a poster for that on the wall and like we were just talking about it like casually and he remembered stuff about it and knew about it. And it was just like. He's very on point. He knows like what's happening and he's, it just, uh, you know, he, he, he lives up to 
the legend, but he's like better than the legend. Right. right. Cause he's not just crazy all the time. He's just, he's a, he's a normal guy who knows how to be an artist and act crazy when he's, you know, supposed to. And it's, it's cool. It was, it was, it was really refreshing. So you had, you had the opportunity to direct him yeah. essentially. Yeah. And what was that yeah. like? What's, what's directing Lloyd Kaufman like? Uh, he makes up tons of stuff. Um, but, uh, I get the feeling that, uh, you know, you, you, everybody just wants him to do that. So it's fine. He, he when I, it's great. He just goes crazy and he'll do anything that you say. Um, he'll go as crazy or not as crazy as you want. He's, he definitely like, like any actor, like wants to get it good the way that you want it. But you know, if you want him to go over the top and stuff, he totally will. Um, mm. I think there was a picture posted on Facebook of him with like two different guns, like pointing one in his mouth and one like at his <laughs> head. And he just go, he, he'll go nuts if you want, but, uh, you know, he's really, really professional about, about the acting thing for sure. Great. And, and Pete, what was it like acting opposite him? I, I haven't seen the short yet, but I assume you guys were, were acting together in it. Uh, this will sound a little absurd, but the reality of that kind of stuff never really sunk through to me, man. Like uh-huh. it just seemed like we were there and we're, we're in business with them now. And, uh, I think the first time I went there and I saw, I mean, this is what happened. I went there for the first time, I don't know, a month before that. And I remember I just walked up there and there he was sitting at the desk. And that was like the big exciting, like, oh man, it's Lloyd sitting in a chair. And more excitingly, somebody, I didn't even really say anything. I just kind of left. And then uh, the main like assistant NPR person came and brought me back and they're like, it's Peter from Hectic Knife. And he's like, oh, and he had Hectic Knife stuff in his hand. He was like, I'm putting the press release together right now. Nice. Would you say Hectic Knife is like an iconic character, the likes of which Jason and this and that. And that was really exciting. But once we were there the other day, I think I'd already met him a couple of times and um, it was it was just normal. We just shot it. I mean, here's what I will say. And uh, I've said this in every interview or podcast so far, unfortunately, it's, it's got some truth to it. Hectic Knife, we got a big lesson with people who don't know how to act. And there's people in there who can, there's people in there who can't, you know, and I've, I've sometimes named names, sometimes not. And I don't mean in a derogatory way, but to me, an actor is somebody who, you know, you, they, you say, all right, now get your eyes wide and really angry and screw up your face and yell at the top of your lungs, do the line again. And then they go to do the line. They're like, I told you not to come back here. And you're like, oh, well, this, this is not an actor, right? At right. least not what I consider to be an actor. So I've worked very seldomly with like some incredible talent. And I have to say the lead from uh, my music video, Kansas Bowling, you know who that is? She no. had, she's the director, writer, and star of BC Butcher, a trauma movie that just came out. Oh, nice. I mean, I just, you know, I wanted her in this video for multiple reasons, including her greatness, you know, on, on screen. But then once you actually get there and turn the camera on and people just do stuff in front of camera, she just does amazing shit. Like I could just look at him, like hit record and let's just record this. It's so good. And she's so photogenic. Lloyd's thing is that we're like, all right, do a thing. And the guns are in the mouth. He didn't have any fucking issue taking it. We didn't even ask him to actually, we yeah. were having him take a fake shit and he took his pants down. <laughs> He's there in his underwear with us in the stupid cramped bathroom. I'll- I had my real hectic knife knives there and we were posing with him. No one said like, be careful. And, his actual, and they, um, they are real knives. We should yeah. confirm. It gets scary. Ned, Ned <laughs> had to sit next to him as the agent, and he was a little bit like scared at times because he Pete will just start going crazy with him, flailing around. <laughs> Is it? Let me ask this question. Actually, did you? No one ever got hurt with an eye. Nobody else. Did you ever cut yourself? Yeah. One one time, I right? got in the leg a couple times. Okay. Pretty decent. Just, it's just they're not that sharp. But it's like yeah. you, you could stab your leg badly with a pencil, or if you wanted to. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's an important <laughs> trivia fact. That should be like number one with a bullet. Like. Like, like their I think, kitchen mate brand. 
Yeah. <laughs> they, you just grabbed hopefully them right they, out of the kitchen, right? Hopefully they do like a hectic knife, like limited run of a, of a signature oh, knives no. one day. I might be wrong. On they might be chef made. I can't remember now. I don't know. But I left it? them home because I'm not going to wear them to the bar tonight. But know? yeah, well, you, that, that's the problem is you can't really go too many places with them. But yeah, you guys were using real... I mean, there there's some fake knives, and it's kind of fairly obvious when the fake knives show up. Yeah, we, but, that uh, was an accident. What happened? So we did a shoot, and we used the regular hectic knife knives. And then you had bought if a The prop- question you're asking is what happened. All that happened is we didn't know that we should have yeah. real hectic knife knives always at all times in every shot. Right. And so I had various knives because our whole thing was like, he's got all kinds of knives and he's yeah. a fucking knife freak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. I forgot. It's true. So we just had different knives. There's a couple of, in fact, uh, I guess it should be like fun trivia. Like someone should have to point out like all the shots with different knives. Cause I actually don't even, I know one scene, but I couldn't even probably tell you. Well, you got the big shot. fake plastic ones. Other than that, the rest of the movie, it's the real ones. And then the same two or three retractable ones. Mm. Yeah. 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 Which so. I wanted to say, we're, we have Hectic Knife 2 scripts in the car right now. This is one of the things we're working on while he's in town. Really exciting, totally new reality. But I think, I mean, there's a possibility we're going to use the same costume, same wigs, same knives. I think for, I mean, one thing, we I don't know if we can talk about the logo on here, if you give a shit or not. Wait, what logo on your shirt? Yeah. Yeah, I was, gonna, I was actually just going to say, the only thing I want to change, I think everything should be exactly the same. But we got to, so the shirt that Pete wears in the movie has some big, like, logo thing across Design. the front it looks like an ed hardy style thing but mm-hmm. it's not like fully it's just a thing and you know again we didn't really know in the beginning like we didn't think about it and also um and, you know at different points it got so much covered up with blood you don't see it or it's so dark you don't see it yeah i never so, noticed that, yeah it's, really. it's good that you didn't notice because basically we've always been like oh man i don't want anybody to like see that there's like a big like logo thing on his shirt well the design itself is cool and i don't i'm not bothered by somebody seeing it. i just wouldn't want a legal issue yeah but, but i wanted yeah. to throw in there dude he- costume designer for hectic knife too and we haven't talked about that yet but there's no reason he shouldn't be made better all around well yeah no i mean obviously yes but yeah <laughs> I, I just witnessed a little meeting i just yeah. got to be yeah. fly on the wall for a hectic knife two meeting yep. well he's kicking it over at the prince hotel and i'm i'm at in bay ridge as well that's mm. why I'm, I'm living there again and uh we haven't been sitting in a room that much working on stuff here you know all right we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll be right back with more uh, hectic knife talk with greg and pete see you soon and now Smug Film presents Robot Reenactments. Way out west there was this fella. Fella I wanna tell you about. Fella by the name of Jeff Lebowski. At least that was the handle his loving parents gave him, but he never had much use for it himself. Mr. Lebowski, he called himself the dude. Now, dude, that's a name no one would self-apply where I come from. But then there was a lot about the dude that didn't make a whole lot of sense and a lot about where he lived, likewise. But then again, maybe that's why I found the place so darned interesting. They call Los Angeles the City of Angels. I didn't find it to be that, exactly. But I'll allow there are some nice folks there. Course I can't say I've seen London, and I ain't never been to France. And I ain't never seen no queen and her damned aunties, so the feller says. But I'll tell you what, after seeing Los Angeles, and this here story I'm about to unfold, well, I guess I seen something every bit as stupefying as you'd see in any of them other places. And in English, too. So I can die with a smile on my face, without feeling like the good lord gypped me. Now this here story I'm about to unfold took place back in the early 90s, 
just about the time of our conflict with Sam and the Iraqis. I only mention it because sometimes there's a man. I won't say a hero, cause, what's a hero? But sometimes, there's a man. And I'm talking about the dude here. Sometimes, there's a man, well, he's the man for his time and place. He fits right in there. And that's the dude, in Los Angeles. And even if he's a lazy man, and the dude was most certainly that. Quite possibly the laziest in Los Angeles County, which would place him high in the run-in for laziest worldwide. But sometimes there's a man, sometimes, there's a man. Oh. I lost my train of thought here. But. Oh, hell. I've done introduced him enough. This has been a robot reenactment. Now, back to the show. Hello, I am the hunky smug film sponsor Plugman. I'm here to tell you about the fine people who support the smug film podcast through Patreon. You all should check out Bobby Slow on Twitter. He's a very funny and good man who tweets funny and good things and is worthy of your love. And he has a really good Twitter ratio of followers to following. That's impressive. Once again, that's Bobby, slow, on Twitter. You should also check out Minor Key Games. Go on over to MinorKeyGames.com and check out these awesome computer games made by David and Kyle Pittman. Two brothers that make great video games with an old school feel. Cody hates new video games for the most part, but he enjoys the heck out of these. Once again, that's MinorKeyGames.com. Also, be sure to check out Room Full of Spoons, Rick Harper's documentary about the cult classic film The Room. It's a great documentary that we all love here as Smug Film, and go to RoomFullOfSpoons.com to find out when it's coming to your city. Thank you for listening to my hunky voice, and thank you all who have donated to the show. And if you would like to be plugged on the show, please head on over to patreon.com slash smugfilm and donate. And now, back to the episode. Hello, Smug Film fans. Leave us a question or a comment for Smug Film to play on the show by calling the following voicemail number. 718-395-9711. Once again, that's 718-395-9711. We look forward to hearing from you, you lovely, lovely people. And we are back. All right. So one of my favorite aspects of Hectic Knife is the fact that it's it's a very neighborhood movie. You know, this is this is Bay Ridge, essentially. I mean, you shoot a couple other places, too, but it, it just has a real Bay Ridge vibe, even down to like the light I've felt like the there's something about the light in Bay Ridge and the way that the sun hits buildings or like peeks through or whatever you captured that, uh, beautifully with even just in black and white, like it just, it hits something visceral for me. It reads as Bay Ridge. I think the black and white helps that actually. Yeah, I think so too. The contrast helps cause Bay Ridge is weird and the contrast, like, I don't know, it fits somehow. It, yeah. It's very, Bay Ridge is like, it's harsh sun really bright harsh and yeah and you can't you yeah. can't not depict that it's yeah. like you can't go into shooting like a movie about bay ridge and then like just get real diffused to like yeah. classically beautiful like woody allen kind of right, right light uh so pete you've you've lived in bay ridge for a number of years how is it for you uh hecting Dive? does it feel like it depicts bay ridge well was that something that you guys really really wanted to do no specifically we didn't want it to be 
We didn't want it specific to any locale. We didn't want it specific to any time even. That's why, if you'll notice, and I'm not probably... Wait, are, well, you're not going to give us something, the hidden thing away, are you? Is it hidden? Yeah. It's in plain sight. No, dude, it's something that only you have to, like, notice it. Uh, you talking about well, the year that it takes place? Yeah. Yeah, dude, that's not in plain sight at all. So you don't want me to say it? No, dude. Well, I want let's, people, let's I want have people the listeners to, discover, it for, discover it for themselves. Yeah, I want I people to yeah, discover See if you can it. figure out what year Hectic Knife takes place. That in. should be a contest. Yeah, it tells, it, it, there's a, there, it, I'm not even going to say it. There's a thing in the movie that shows you what year it takes place in. And I, mm-hmm. I don't even want to give it away at all. I don't think it's that visible. All right, all right. So anyhow, <laughs> we didn't want to, to take sp- time in a specific era. However, it had something that said it was, and then we changed it so that it fucking lies to you and tells you when it really takes place. <laughs> But uh, no, I never wanted it. Like, I don't want like Bay Ridge Avenue. I don't want Shore Road on a sign. That's why the only street you see is Bint, which is a word that I made up. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you have uh, you have locations that you could see like, okay, the houses look like this is probably Bay Ridge. But And then, you know, they meet at Torgerson and Blast, which are two invented names. One's from a t-shirt Greg had. Actually, they're both from a t-shirt. Yeah. And uh, no, I didn't want it to look like Bay Ridge. I, I just like the, sometimes you can film that stuff and it looks like a city. You know? Yeah. Well, is this it? is uh, this is what I'll say to that is that because Pete's one hundred percent right. We didn't. I think what he means more specifically though is we didn't want it to be like New York, right? I don't. We don't want it to be like Bay Ridge either. I, I wouldn't want someone to be like, oh, it takes place in like Bay Ridge. I did want it to be like New York, but yeah. just not called New York, right? It was like it basically just takes place like in the grimy city, you know, like in the metropolitan city. It does. It's like how Batman is like it takes place in a fake city or Metropolis or right, whatever. Gotham. You know, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like it's a fake place, but it's shot in New York. But I think that, um, you know, what we talked about before about Bay Ridge, I think Bay Ridge is like the perfect neighborhood to make like a weird nondescript city because it does look so strange. Oh, totally. So it actually does fit. We got lucky in that sense because we, you know, we live there and stuff. But I think the way that we shot it, it get, you get the best of both. Like, it's clearly like a weird place that's like some strange city, but Bay Ridge like helped that a lot so because mm-hmm, you got you got that that stuff under the train mm-hmm. you know i mean that's a, that's a great spot and you get of course you get that in other neighborhoods too mm-hmm. but you, you get actually some, not quite like that because that's a lot higher that's not a train that's, that's a bridge the entrance oh, to the right. bridge. Yeah, bridge. yeah 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 you do uh yeah yeah that's pretty unique yeah. i will throw one quick bay ridge thing out there that i never thought of but now that you're bringing it up Hectic Knife is heavily influenced by Bay Ridge. And mm-hmm. I don't just mean yeah. the way it looks. Yeah. I mean, if Greg did not live in Bay Ridge and I did not move to Bay Ridge, because that's where the only person I knew in New York lived, and we were just in Michigan, Hectic Knife would not have been written the way it is because so many of the jokes and the stupidity from that movie are exclusive. I want to say they're exclusive to New York culture in general, but they're really profoundly, or I should say predominantly large in Bay Ridge. Like all yeah. this, I mean, there's this thing that's going to be in Hectic Knife too. That's we went to a pet store one day and I wanted to get crickets for my lizard. And I said, there was a guy crouched over on the ground doing something at Petland. And I said, hi, do you guys have large crickets? And then there was just a pause. And then this fucking thing of a person just turned around and went <laughs> and fucking turned around. And it was like, whoa, that's the, that amazing shit. Is, it was I, a very visual thing for a podcast. Yo, but, yeah, uh, I'm sorry. He said this noise <laughs> and he gave us this fucking evil snake face. It was crazy. But yeah. a lot of hectic knife is, I mean, all the like fake New York stupid accent stuff is all like just Bay Ridge influenced. And, and Rock and Ray. I mean, Rock, Rock and Ray, Rock and Ray was guy. just a townie in actually in Diker Heights, but he just would drive around in Bay Ridge sometimes. 
and he just got cast because he was really him. I mean, they're, they're, when it says, like, Rock and Ray plays himself, like, in the movie, like, it's 100% true. Like mm. he, he does made, act good, though, too. His, his yeah. acting is some of the good acting. It is weird. It's strange. But, yes. But also, like, storefronts, too. I, I, I remember last time we were talking, you were talking about the eye doctor place mm-hmm. um, and how that... No, kinda, it's the Center for Dizziness. Right. Which doesn't <laughs> exist anymore, actually. Right. And, and you guys have basically, you, you've immortalized it. This yeah. place that no longer exists. Mm-hmm. Much like, as we talked about last time, you, the storefront New York documentary that you oh, did yeah, about yeah. Um, yep. the couple that takes photos of these storefronts that are gone, like, yeah, right. the next day, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Constantly rotating in and out. And I remember, um, you know, when I met Greg, like one of the first, I guess, Greg-isms that I, I became privy to was the whole Senator Reality situation, which was a very Bay Ridge kind of discovery, a little quirk of the neighborhood. You guys want to talk about that real quick? Sure. Although you may be let down to know that it's really called Senator Realty. Ah, yes. I yes. don't know if you knew that. That's <laughs> yeah. just a short film we made where... I think I looked at it or Greg looked at it and said Senator Reality and then right. we decided it should be a character. Well, we should actually maybe say Senator Reality was the first short that we did. And it was the first in these little series of shorts that Hector Knife came out of. Because we did that. We did a thing called Lamp. We did Garlic Bag. We did 100 Doing Weed Bags. Have you seen Garlic Bag? I, I've seen Garlic Bag, yeah. yeah. I've seen the one with the Grimmy Smith one. Yeah. yeah. There are these certain words that are like, it's, it's like you guys have like a twin speak. You know, when you hear of like twins that have their own language, mm-hmm. one of my favorite things about Hectic Knife, it feels like it's made by a couple guys who have their own sense of humor and language for each other, that it's now being shown to the world. Like, it's like, all right, let's let the world be privy to this a little bit, but it still feels like very inside. I like that a lot. I like movies that have their own distinct sense of humor. Like last night I was like in the mood for Freddy Got Fingered and I threw that on and I was like, yeah, this this is a very distinct series of jokes that I can really only find in this way here. Right. And I, I love that in Hectic Knife. I, I My hat is tipped to both of you for, for keeping that kind of spirit alive where like you're taking something that's so fucking inside and you're just giving us a little like glimpse into like the madness. Thanks, man. A bag, yeah. a bag of jewels. Bag of jewels. <laughs> yeah, right. that, that's the best. I, I, that part is is distinct and beautiful and the staying at home and just sucking your cock all day. Is there a more beautiful scene than that in Freddy Got Fingered? Is there a more perfect uh, coalescence of, of love and romance than her just wanting to stay home and suck his cock all day? It's, it's a beautiful scene. Yeah. yeah. I like it when he licks the bone too. When yeah. Bone is funny. <laughs> so, thanks, thanks for what you said though. Yeah. 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 So, Hectic Knife and the future of Hectic Knife. You you guys have talked about a two. Uh, what can you what can you say about about Hectic Knife two thus far? Is is a lot of it under wraps? Is there little hints we can give uh, the listeners at home? That's mostly a question for Pete because uh, he's been the one been writing it. The only thing I came up with so far is this big scene where everybody fucks money. Oh yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Pete. Well, who, wait, who in particular is fucking money? Oh, the secret businessmen that control everything in the core of the earth. And okay. the most powerful men on the planet. Yeah. And they just, they hang out and fuck money. Well, they have a business meeting and then at the end of it, they're, they kind of like get up like kind of serious, kind of like the scene in Mulholland Drive when they need a napkin and everything in the, in that meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like that. Then just, there's just a bunch of money that come like is on the table and they just start fucking it and like sucking it and like, 
<laughs> just fun, just you know, putting in each other's. So you're not really giving it to him the full way. It's first of all, it's the funniest thing in the script so far. Okay. It's one of the only things that Greg wrote, but it's the best thing in there so far. And yeah, they say like, let's get out, let's fuck each other with our money now, and you fuck me, and I'll suck your money dick. <laughs> And they just are fucking each other with the money and fucking their own money. And they say things like, I suck my money's dick every morning. And he said it to me. It's it's a actual laugh out loud funny for me, which few things are. That's fantastic. So how did that even occur to you, Greg? The oh, I just, fucking uh, money thing. Well, it's just, Is that, that's just what they do. That's just real. I, no, well, I that's, that's well documented. Yeah. In I the mean, middle of their, in the middle of their money fucking, the secretary interrupts and says, excuse me, sir, Dransky's on the line. And he says the genocide of the poor people in the shitty country is going really good. <laughs> yeah. It's just, uh, I think it was just everybody. It was always, he's always talking about Trump and all this bullshit all the time. And I just thought like, what does Trump do when he's like alone? He, seems, he fucks money. Yeah. I mean, it seems like that's it. Um, but Pete, you're, I mean, All right, here's the rest of Hector Knife 2. I mean, don't, uh, don't give away everything, I guess. I won't. But tell, tell, I won't. Tell, yeah, talk you about wouldn't it. even know what everything was because you haven't fucking, fucking read it. anything. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> here's the story, man. Greg and I are both working. We both have projects. We both do work for other people. We both have our own art projects. And he lives in Michigan and I live in New York now. Not for long. I've been here for a month. And I didn't even know what's going to happen. I still don't know. But so I'm trying to organize our Skype session because I can't wait. I can't wait to do things. I'm yeah. like, we got to fucking do it now. Like, let's get Strike on Strike while the iron's hot. And so he's been a little busy. So we haven't got to do it. And I basically was like, well, I'll start it. And I kept saying start. And then I was like, dude, I hope he doesn't get mad if I write an entire like complete screenplay. And um, then I basically did that. And then I included, I just started asking him like, dude, I got like three thirty five hundred words. You want to tell me like, do you have any jokes or things you want me to include? And I did. And but we have it. And uh, we have the screenplay that we're now going to sit down with. And uh, we're going to see what Greg thinks of it. First of all, I'm fucking really scared. I'm just going to say that. Really scared to see if he doesn't like it. I mean, my worst fear is he says, eh, the whole thing doesn't do much for me. But actually, I think that's not going to happen because it's primarily jokes and the jokes inside of this framework of a story. And the jokes are like just pure hectic knife jokes mixed mm -hmm. with like jokes, things that have happened to us in life, which is what hectic knife one is. You know, the joke, at least as far as the joke content is concerned. Yeah. And, uh, I don't, I don't, yeah, that's all right. I don't know what he's written so far. I'm sure I'm not going to hate all of it. I'm sure it's great. Um, but uh, from what, well, I, I think the one thing I'll say about it is it's a space adventure. Um, we can say that. Um, and I don't, I originally, see, I don't know. I don't even know if this is in there and stuff, but I'll just say from what I remember, because we talked about this a long time ago. If you watch the entire Hectic Knife beyond the credits, there's a coda at the end. That's Where, in there. Okay, so the character of Porch has taken all of Piggly Doctor's disappear pills, and she disappears, and she like ends up somewhere at the end, like after the credits, and she's like, "Where am I?" And it's there's a to be continued. Well, Porch comes back into the story. As far as I like know about, though, I don't know who else, like what other characters he has written in yet. Sure, you got Link, um, my okay. bulldog, Herbie, which yeah, is yeah. There's a there's a sad problem, and I I'm it's morbid to talk about and stuff, but we're pretty certain. And I don't even know how to say it, but the character, like the, I'll say it the, if you guy, don't want the guy who played Harry in Hector Knife, Richard Cohn, a great old actor guy. Well, we're pretty sure he's dead mm. because, uh, he was 71 when we met him like six years ago. Let me and break it down for you. Very prompt guy. You call him, he's old. So he'll email you back three times and beg you for the gig call calling and emailing you all the time. And then calling after and emailing after you've done the gig. And then he just, no communication, can't get a hold of him. Right. Phone's disconnected and not answering emails. 
I've searched and searched. I can't find anything. I just presume at that age, you're dead. And if you're not dead, you're basically dead somewhere else. If, mm-hmm. you, if you're not doing phones and emails anymore. And you know? I know he lived alone in that apartment. Cause we right. shot that's there's the scene that actually where Hector's playing chess with Harry in the apartment. That's actually Harry's real apartment. I wish you would have followed that up with, we knew he lived in this apartment by himself, so he could still be there. He could have been dead for the last like two years. And no <laughs> one knows. sitting in the apartment. Mm-hmm. No, but, but yeah, you guys are going to solve a cold case. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah. But one thing that happened is I was talking to Greg and I was like, dude, I don't want it to be in space. Like if you want to have a thing in space, fine, let's do it. And I was like, but I do not want the fucking whole thing to take place in space. And now the whole thing takes place in space. That's just where it went. <laughs> it's just too much. The rules of, you know, I mean, you can do any stupid thing and have it take place in Chicago and it's still funny and good. But in space, the limitations are that of your imagination and you can just come up with so much stuff. So basically, Hectic Knife goes on an intergalactic quest to save the world from an intergalactic, excuse me, to save the universe from an intergalactic baddie who is uh, set on in uh intergalactic domination yeah nice and are you guys building like space sets and dude we're gonna have a half a million dollar budget and we're gonna fucking build space sets (laughs) we're gonna have a fucking uh, effects coordinator we're gonna have real stunts and amazing shit and good costumes and yeah man if it it means debt for the rest of excuse me if it means more debt for the rest of my life I'll go into more debt too. Actually, I'll get some fucking credit cards. Like, I don't care, dude. Probably, my credit's <laughs> been fucked for a while from moving, but yeah, dude. Cody, we haven't had that much personal interaction, mm-hmm. but I will. I my whole thing is like I will fucking do the thing and see it through and everything, and I'm gonna get us a big budget for that movie. Oh, I, it, see, the movie I see deserves that. It. I see that. I mean, I I remember hearing an interview uh, with you guys. It might have been like some podcast. This must have been years ago. Where um, Pete, you were talking to the guy, and you were like. You know, I've done so many projects in my life and I put it out there and it just, you know, it's just out there and nobody really sees it. And you were like, I'm going to make sure that this doesn't happen with Hecting Knife. That's what I'm and doing when, right now. When, That's I, been our when I heard you say that, I was like, this movie is going to get seen. Like, I, I just heard it in your For voice. For better or worse. Yeah, I knew, <laughs> I knew that w- the, the second those words came out of your mouth something big was going to happen to Hectic Knife at some point and people were going to see it. And I'm so glad that people are now going to see it in such such a perfect way with trauma. That's great, man. Yeah, Thank man. you. You know, there's two little dimensions I think of when somebody talks about that stuff. One dimension is you have the this mentality. I don't know if you share it. I don't personally share it because there, I have to inject a little realism. But what you have is the folks who are like, anything, you can do anything. And the law of, if you want to throw that into the law of attraction, let's leave that out and just say, Mm -hmm. if you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. And then the other school is, you know, you're saying, well, yeah, you can set out to do that, but then you have real limitations as far as like, you know, uh, movie theaters are controlled by movie companies, studios and stuff like that. So I acknowledge that there's real limitations inside of whatever limitations exist you know, not including personal comfort or financial status, because I'll gladly forego those. Uh, I will fucking do everything inside of those limitations to get it out there. So that therein lies, if you could have an equation and say, well, what's the result of that going to be? I would love to know. But I really hope that the result is that people do watch it. And I mean, the people who are going to like it actually find out about it and we're trying to set up a whole punk rock bar tour right now from here to Hope, Arkansas and back. It's I think like that's wise. I think that's a that's a really good setting for this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would like to say that, uh, first of all, yes, I second all of that. And similar to Pete, you know, I've done a ton of projects and this is the one that I want to fucking get behind for real. But um, I'm very excited to read what Pete has for Hectic Knife 2. I would like to interject that I also know that Hectic Knife 3 
is going to be um, Hollywood Makes the Hectic Knife Story, starring Balthazar Getty as Hectic Knife. And it's a musical. Including a musical number called We're Casting Balthazar Getty. Nice. Yes. And so when did the Balthazar Getty fixation uh, begin? Dude, Pete, Pete's obsessed with Balthazar, Balthazar Getty because he's seen a movie that no one else has ever <laughs> fucking seen in history called Habitat. I'm going to throw out there, I am not even into Bar- Balthazar Getty. Well, I, I'm into Habitat a lot. Okay. I love it, but uh-huh. I don't care that much about him. It's He's interesting to me. I mean, Lost Highway I mean, we're Habitat. trying to, I mean, we're trying to entice a, him here. We're trying yeah, to- if you're listening, <laughs> Balthazar, basically, dude, drop your stupid, like, thuggy, like, tough guy thing and just be... Just get ready in like five years because you're going to be in our movie, dude. I okay. mean, what have, what have you been doing? Nothing. You're going to be in our thing. I mean, I love oh, him in Lost Highway. <laughs> I, I love him in Lost Highway. Yeah, yeah of great. course. The yeah. guy gets more pussy than a toilet seat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, I want to ask you guys, what have you learned uh, from making the first one? Because you, you guys made that for like four or five six, years. Six, six years. years. I can't. It's um, crazy. 2010 was when... We started. It right. was the spring, and then we signed the contract in January of of so this year. I assume that you guys, you know, this time around, you don't want it to be another six years working on Hectic Knife too. No. So, what have you learned? And this might be helpful for people at home that are hearing these two guys, and they're like, "Man, I want to make my own like idiosyncratic, funny, fun movie too." What, what have you learned during those six years that you could have? Ways you could have like streamlined the process or got things going quicker or any any lessons from that making that first film? That's a good question, Pete. Sure. Well, the reason first. it took so long is because Greg worked on a billion projects for Craigslisters, basically, mm-hmm. and I was always working. I worked like crazy when we got that first like five years in Bay Ridge, just insane hours doing music production and stuff. And uh, so we had hectic Mondays. That was my day off, and we would do a hectic knife shoot every Monday. But uh, it took so long just because we were both doing other projects. I would not want that to happen again for a number of reasons that I think are all probably fairly obvious. But uh, yeah, I want uh, to do it quickly next time. I want it to take place. I mean, it could probably be done at least shot inside of like three months. I can't imagine if you were really working on it. But yeah, one thing we learned is don't take breaks from it. I mean, I, I wish I would have discomforted myself a little more. I wish I would have been more adamant about uh, pushing Greg to do stuff. I wish he would have been more adamant about pushing me to do stuff. Cause there were times when, I mean, there was a time and I wasn't making a joke out of it. My email to him was like, can we quit now? <laughs> Cause it was yes, just true. Yeah. We had to re-record all the dialogue, which that was basically just all me. And it was a fucking nightmare because I had never done that. And I learned how to do it. I'm really good at it now, but it was like, it takes so long and you can't even get all the actors to come back and do it. Even if you're paying them, which we were. And, uh, that's one thing. I mean, good sound. I mean, you, your question was, what do we learn? Ha- hire a good sound. Yeah. Capture yeah. better sound on set. Um, for the first thing, definitely. That's sound is a very overlooked thing. I mean, we've, we've talked about it a lot on the podcast where if you're watching a movie and the visuals are like weak or whatever, if the sound oh, yeah, is yeah, good, course. you can still kind of get through it. Yeah, but if, if you're watching something that's gorgeous and the sound is bad, it, you physically can't yeah. do it. Like, it's just like, it, it gets under your skin. You're like, I can't fucking watch this. Mm-hmm. And luckily, Hectic Knife sounds great. You get the finished sound sounds fantastic. But yeah, sound is so fucking important. And a lot of, you know, young wannabe filmmakers and videographers and this, that, and the other, they focus real big on like, what's the new 4K camera? What's, yeah, right. what's the great lens that I need? And they're not thinking about like learning basic sound recording skills. Or they're not even thinking like, you know, I have to pay a sound. Like that's the right. other thing is just like, I mean, 
this is what I'll say about the process. And it's a great question. I, and I just, for my take on it, uh, you know, the, really the, the answer of why it took six years is the sound just because mm-hmm. yes, we did shoot once a week and all that, including um, the music. Right. But, but, um, but the thing is, is like, I think shooting it, if you compress all that time, you know, cause we, we spread out the shooting throughout a, a really long time. Um, you know, I think we shot those hectic Mondays for like maybe 15 Mondays in a row or something. And then I took all that footage and made a rough cut that was like an hour 54. And now it's 82 minutes, of course. But when at that hour 54, I think we subtracted like 45 minutes out of that and then wow. added 10. Mm. So and that was like four or five years ago. Um, and obviously that took that took a while, but it was really the sound that took so long. But what I'll say is halfway through making the movie, I remember I was living back at my parents' house and we were working on this thing and we're just like in the middle. We're probably in the area where Pete's like sending me the half joking emails that are like, when is it time to quit? Like we don't want, this is, you know, a nightmare. And I was watching um, Peter Jackson's bad taste Mm. and I was, I was reading about it too. And and it said literally he was like, he would write stuff on during the week. He would get his friends together. He would shoot every like Saturday or something and then that was how he made the movie over the, over the course of five years. And then I remembered um, Eraserhead. That's exactly sure. how they made yeah. Eraserhead. So I kind of was thinking like, you know, we're basically on pace with what a lot of like first indie small budget feature. We're kind of like in that realm. So I started feeling more OK with it taking so long. Not that it's a good thing or anything, but it, it, I felt OK with it. And I guess in a way it's like, you know, I, if I could do it again, yes, I would like it to take shorter but I think, um, you know, we really like learned the lesson for real, like, you know, don't ever do it that way again. Like, right. It's in better sound. It's you know. ingrained in you now yeah. that you're not going to make and that I think, mistake again. I, yeah, and I think most filmmakers, you know, go through that, especially on their first thing where you're just like in the trenches for years, like mm. trying to do this thing. And then once you sort of do it, you'll just you'll never do it that way again, because you'll just make sure that you put yourself in a position to to do it better. So like with two, you know, we'll make sure we have like enough budget to where we can both set aside like 40 days of our lives and like go shoot it, like get that done. Right. Right. And then, you know, do, do it for real. Cause you know, yeah, it was just, but again, the sound, I mean, for me, the absolute most fun part of the entire process in the whole six years was just sitting in the couch. We're in ICP's uh, studio in Sterling Heights, Michigan in this basement studio and Pete was making the music um, for the movie. And I was just laying on this couch, like listening to stuff and being like, dude, that's awesome. Continue that. You know, I don't like this and we cut that, whatever, just giving notes, giving like the cheerleading, just being great. And he, and I would say like, dude, for this, you know, for when porch is dancing, like, I think we should have like a surf rock thing and make it sound like it's like in the room on our radio. And he would just like play guitar and just pl- make the thing right in front of me and then do and it. drums. It oddly. was, yeah, yeah, it was amazing, dude. It was really fun. And I did, it was just fun. Cause I just got to come in and like eat sandwiches and hang out and listen. And I didn't have to do work on the computer or anything. It was, that was great. But again, it's just, you know, it's like, what do we do that like four years ago or so? I mean, it's just, it was, it's just, yeah, it just, it gets all buried inside the, the process. It's when you, when you process. look back on the amount of time, does it feel like six years or does it feel like six days? Is it six years? Yeah. 2010, man. Oh, okay. Does it feel like, <laughs> does it feel like that amount of time or does it feel condensed or? It doesn't feel condensed. It, I, when I look, when I think about some of the scenes that we shot back in 2010, it feels like ancient to me. Uh-huh. Like, I can't believe it's like, oh, wow, this is, that's crazy. I was a child. I was like 23 or 24 or something when we were shooting that. So that blows my mind. Um, yeah, it, it does. It feels like a long time ago. It's weird. It's a weird thing. 
Cause it's just like, it's hard to stay excited about something for that long. And also, um, like, it's just one of those funny things too. It's like, people would always be like, Oh dude, I can't wait to see it. And like, I was really genuine when I was like, yeah, me too. Cause like, yeah, <laughs> I hadn't seen it yet. You know, I was fucking making it nice. I hadn't seen it. So yeah, I don't know. How does it feel for you? Is it, did it it's go- all right. It feels, I mean, I'm not sure what condensed would exactly mean. It's, it feels like it's been a long ass time, but we haven't been making the movie that whole time, mm-hmm. which is the right. truth, which is, yeah, I got two other answers two real quick ones. I thought of too, cause that's a good question that you, anybody should be able to quickly and easily answer without thinking is what did you learn from it? Uh, what would you do differently? I want to fucking audition actors. Mm-hmm. We didn't audition a single yeah, actor. That's true. Uh, I want to, I don't know how you well, feel there's about a great, this. No, that, there's I, a great joke about that at the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we cast true. anybody. Dude, it's true. And although I will say, we didn't cast anybody with a headshot. We just selected the headshots that we thought were the funniest. Right. right. Oh, you but, know what else? I didn't use backstage back then. I just did a music video and it's still happening where I cast everything off backstage. And it's just so much better, man, to have that. Craigslist is so limited. And uh, the other big thing is I would like to have real rehearsals and really know what things are going to look like and feel like. And probably, I imagine, do storyboarding, but that's another thing. No, that's all. Yeah, definitely. And in the storyboarding, I would love to do because it'll help with our budget because then the shots will be planned out. We know what we're doing. I was actually reading about the uh, Big Lebowski and the Coen brothers for every movie just to save on the budget, like alone. And also because they're craftsmen and they are artists. But it helps with their budget where they storyboard the, they, they set aside like three weeks and get with an artist and they just storyboard the entire movie, the whole, every shot. Mm. And it's, and then they shoot based on that. And it's like, yeah, that's perfect. I'd love to do that with Hector because it would save time. It would save, and it would allow us to have more time to do each shot. Cause we know what it's going to be. So we can just be like, okay, today we're doing these 10 setups and like, yeah, there you go. Cause that, well, that's, you know. that's great too. Because like, that kind of reminds me like when I, when I first started using like a light meter for like photography and videography and stuff, mm-hmm. um, it, it taught me like how much I can't trust my own eye when mm-hmm. I'm like shooting stuff where like, if I'm looking at the light meter and it says what it says, even if it doesn't look like that to me, I'm just like, all right, I'm just going to defer the light meter. And it's always right. Yeah, like I look at the footage later. I'm like, oh yeah, that was totally right about that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of like with storyboards or when you have like shooting scripts or whatever, where like, even if you're like, you're on set and you can't remember like what's up, what's down, you, you, you got like two hours of sleep. Right. If, if it's on the page and you just trust what's on the page and you're like, really, wait, we're shooting this next. I thought we we're, all right. right, I guess we're shooting this. It's like if you if you figure it out ahead of time, then you're like, all right, that's what it is. I'm just going to trust the storyboard. I'm just going to trust the shooting script. It's like it's there and it's basically it's your guide and it, it knows best because you you let it be able to figure out that stuff for you. Dude, it's totally true. And actually to speak to that point, like the perfect like opposition to that and insanity and to prove how insane things will get is the bagel scene, dude, because the bagel <laughs> the infamous. Scene, well, here's the thing is because I had I was on no sleep for two days going into the shoot and we had already shot a bunch of stuff all day for a different scene at um, earlier in the day. We come back to our apartment and we're I'm falling over like asleep, like just so tired. I can't even like do anything. And we start shooting the bagel scene and, you know, we didn't nothing. It was never like intended like, oh, we're going to have this like crazy 20 minute bagel scene that's going to like stick out in the near the end and all this stuff. It was just we just kept Pete basically just fucking kept making them do stuff. And I was like, dude, God damn, like when is this going to be done? Because I just I was so tired. I want to go to sleep. But I remember the biggest like moment of my artistic like life where I just felt like the best person, like a champion of all time is that I, my battery died. So I went into the apartment cause we shot that stuff in the hallway of our apartment building, which was also funny. Cause we're just like 
throwing bagels, covered in blood, like <laughs> screaming and all these a people. super dead come to yeah. say people are scared what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I go into the apartment. I like just put some water on my face, like try to wake up a little bit, get the other battery. And I came back to set a little bit like refresh and I caught a second wind and I came up with a little joke in the scene that like really worked and helped and did everything. And I was like, so proud of myself, dude. It was amazing. But that's the thing, the storyboard thing, like hey, what joke was it? It was when you, it was to where you get away from them by tiptoeing oh, yeah. away with the little cartoon music. But the storyboard thing, had we storyboarded that scene, I guarantee you it wouldn't have turned into that right? because we would have been following something and then it would, we would just shot. So I think it's all, that also brings up an interesting point though, too, is like, I would love to storyboard the entire movie Hackknife 2, but I'd also love to kind of still be able to be like open to. Right. Dude, we will have a storyboard yeah. and we'll have a screenplay, but it will be a totally liquid living thing yeah, that no, we're going to adjust. We're going to make jokes based on actors, personas, and the yeah, way they course. act. We're going to make jokes based on locations no, and I, change yeah, things. No, I, definitely. Yeah, I know. I know I'm, I'm sure I know you're with me on that. I just, yeah, to speak that, it's just interesting because. Second meeting. It's like if you, <laughs> yeah, it's the second meeting this episode. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like you guys are getting a lot accomplished. I'm glad it, I was able to facilitate this. Yeah, it's great, man. It's great. A live, uh, live creation for sure. Yeah. But no, I, I just, yeah, it's, it's cool because you know, the bagel scene turned out to be the bagel scene for the audience, like is what it was like on set for everyone too. Right. I because think that it was just that like, was actually what I was going to say essentially is yeah. that your frustration and your confusion comes through in the actual yeah. scene which like when, i think it needs to when harry's complaining about the scene like we were telling him to do that but like he really was like that was like the fifth time and he's getting really like upset and doesn't understand like when is this gonna and also i think there's that thing where the fat fuck character like totally breaks character and he's like i hope it ends soon because he does he's just like talking for real it's just like that you know yeah that's Speaking the thing of his name we, we were we were like let's come up with the name from him. we were like we were, he was like yeah you may come up with the name like the fat you fatty whatever and we were like all right dude we can't with your name it's <laughs> the fat fuck and he was like oh well, why don't yeah. you call me like fat fat guy or something yeah, we were so, like uh, no yeah. dude we're it's like, the no. fat fuck <laughs> i don't think no anybody ever even says his name though do they the credits i think there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of names in the credits that people are gonna be like Oh, that's who that. Okay, cool. <laughs> like, cause yeah, they didn't have names, but oh well. All right. Well, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to Hectic Knife Two. I'm looking forward to the production of Hectic Knife Two. I'm looking forward to hearing updates with that and we'll talking to you as a librarian. Yeah, librarian. Yep. I get to play a librarian. Do I give off a librarian vibe or, or just a little bit? Yeah. 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 You seem like a uh, not a librarian. What are those people who are? If I trusted you to catalog my life's work after my death, what would you be? There's a word well, for I don't it. want to sign anything to that effect. Right, right. But an archivist? Yeah. Archivist. You, see, you seem like an yeah, archivist. I can, yeah, I, would, I, I can see that. I, I mean, this support. is archiving really in a way. Is, yeah. yeah, the podcast. Well, absolutely. also, just everything is like neatly, like we're in Cody's room recording this, you know, and if you've never been here, it's like every, he has like tons of DVDs and books and comics and everything, but it's all like really neatly like put to put away organized. And I can't really tell like what order it's in. It's by I, genre. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, alphabetical in each each uh, genre. And that's weird. I would never organize stuff that way. Not only is he go- organized, he's now slated to play an archivist and yeah. uh, hectic knife too. Am I, I gonna be an archivist in space or am I on Earth or probably in space. Blood the tagline what the best one of the list that I came up with is blood, babes, bagels, and space. Because, you know, the first one is Blood Babes and Bagels. Right. I wanted the tagline to be... Uh, Fuck you. Oh, severed was... Heads, Hunks, and Hummus. Wow, so you're, you're going for a different motif. I don't know. I, just, I mean, just a joke, but... 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would love to be an archivist. So if yeah. you, if one day you're, you're watching Hectic Knife 2 and you see an archivist in it and it's played by me, mm-hmm. you can go right back to this podcast and see how it happened, how I was cast. If I, if I do end up in the film in that capacity. That's that, true. I mean, archivist is, is funny, man. I mean, yeah. I, just, I love, we'll write a joke based on an archivist. Speaking of that, like, dude, what do you do? Do you, ha- you have Jacob, you have Space Cadet Jake in the script, right? He never made it in there. Cause we got to get Jacob in there somewhere. You get him I'd like to have that character. Still so third, Cadet if Jake. you're listening at home, it's the third meeting. <laughs> This is the third. Uh, I like yeah. that name a lot, and I he's dude. If he'll, I mean, I would feel really bad if he's not in it. Yeah, right, we'll put him in it. Put everyone in. I don't give a fuck. All right. So you've been listening to uh, Greg and Pete, and and if you were if your interest is piqued by uh, about Hectic Knife, please watch the trailer. Watch the uh, there's the Gotham City drain. Yeah, Gotham City, not Gotham City drains. Gotham Gotham City games. Uh, you can watch that little promo. Which, uh, that's in Bay Ridge, yeah? Yep, 84th. You can watch Hectic Knife, visit a video game store. You can watch all sorts of Hectic Knife-related things online. And please watch Hectic Knife when it is is released officially. Do we have a date? Do we have, not yet? Soon. Uh, Fortunately, no. Yeah, I wish we did. That's something that we really got. I mean, because we're starting to get reviews. We have to get a date, dude. We have, I mean, it's because that's a thing. People need to know, like, when can they get it? Because I have people ask me all the time, like, where, you know, can I, where's the link? A physical like, copy? Or, or, a, or online. All right. Oh, yeah, there, there is an online one, August. All right. August. Oh, that's online. Trauma Now. Wonderful. I, oh, wonderful. yeah. I think it's like August 5th or something. And that's their, like, video on demand thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you like trauma movies, I mean, that's, you, you should just sign up for that and you can watch all the trauma movies you want. Yeah, first. I think it's five bucks a month. Yeah, that's insane. I'll straight up tell you there will be a DVD. Or and or Blu-ray inside of the next four months because if someone else doesn't put it together, we will. Yeah, that's beautiful, true. beautiful. And uh, man, imagine if uh, Troma now existed when you were watching all those Troma movies back in the day. Like five dollars a month, you could have watched like thirty goddamn movies. You would eat, think Cody, all your the only food. thing is, I got my flip phone. I'm kind of not dialed into that technology. Uh, yes. I don't like to watch movies on a computer screen. I really like the Toshiba, like yourself. I think. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't like sitting at a computer for anything other than work or designing or music. No, I can I can definitely uh, get behind that. Yeah. So it, I would it, still have bought physical copies, even if it did exist. Hmm. Yeah. When I'm watching something on my laptop it it feels like work you know and it, i ask yeah i want it to feel like uh I'm I somewhere I else i can't watch anything like that on a computer unless i'm either eating or in bed mm. i can do that but uh, yeah i know what you guys mean like the computer it doesn't it's weird it doesn't work yeah it's a it's a weird vibe so but you know if those of you at home watch it on your computer just watch Hectic wherever Night. you like to watch however things. you can yeah. watch it at dinner you can watch it anytime watch it with your family at dinner if you just contact us we'll both give you the screener for free online oh yeah no we won't i huh? guess yeah sure yeah <laughs> yeah we will all right well thank you guys for being there in person oh thank which you which is man. a tremendous Fun. feat because it's hard to get uh the both of you in new york city at the same time in the same room and I'm glad we had you both. And uh, any any parting words for our listeners? What what if you? What how about for like listeners who who want to go down this path? Who who listen to your an inspirational story of uh, making a movie and it getting distributed by the exact right distributor for it? What what's your advice to those of you who uh, those of you at home who want to make a movie? Dude, when I was 20 years old, I read Lloyd Kaufman's book, Make Your Own Damn Movie. And there is no better advice. It doesn't matter what your fucking situation is or anything. We took six years. We spent 20 grand of our own money over the course of that time. 
Um, you know, you can make something for less, you can make something for more, you can go into credit card debt, you can fucking steal from the bank. It doesn't matter, dude. Just make up make it. Just make the movie. Like mm. you don't need to write anything down. You don't need to fucking email people and think about just make the fucking movie, dude. That's the thing. Like it's I know it sounds stupid, but it's just like don't think about it, dude. Just make it. Just like, do it. Just make it. Don't Gotta think about do making it. Just do it. Because if it doesn't exist, then there's you don't have this. That's it. You don't have anything. I mean, it's hard to do, but if you like if you like movies enough and you want to make them, then just do it. That's yeah. I'll go with an esoteric quote here. Uh, if uh, a man who really wants to do something, truly wants to do it, can do it in the middle of Africa by himself. So if you wanted to make a movie, go make it. Damn yeah. right. Yeah, whether you're listening to this from Africa or wherever else, make your movie, folks. They got a lot of movies in Africa, man. They got a huge, huge industry. Yeah. Insane. There are movies there that like gross huge amounts of money and we never And they're like shot on like a phone and they're like 10 minutes long, dude. Yeah. It's crazy. It's the best. All right. Thank you all for listening. See you soon. Thanks. Bye-bye. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks.